action. Hello and welcome back to How About That Crypto. You Today, uh, we are going to start. I'm here with my brother, Charles. Charles, you want to say what's up? What's going on, everybody? So we decided that it would be a good idea for us as we get started on this journey to uh, not only give you, the viewer and the listener, uh, as much information as we can so you can understand this whole blockchain and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency by really going back to basics and going through and watching each of the lectures that are put on by Gary Gensler at MIT. All these lectures are free online. You can check out the links below in the description and we will make, and you can watch it for yourself. You can even chime in and leave a comment below and say, hey, you guys got that wrong or you're totally misunderstanding it. Whatever it is, but we're here because we really enjoy this space. We really, we're really excited just to get on camera and, and just kind of like talk about this thing. So what better way than to go back to the basics? And even better, the class is taught by current chair of the SEC. So anyway, so the first episode is uh, we went, we, we watched, we watched the first two lectures. The first lecture was more of an introduction to the course. Uh, they kind of talked about a broad range of things. So you might hear us repeat some of the things we talk about today throughout throughout this uh, period of time. There are 24 lectures. And, and basically, and since we're doing two in one day today, that's 23 weeks that we will be doing this. So you get to see a whole lot of us and you get to learn with us along the way. And we're really excited to, to go on this journey with you. And uh, we're happy that you're joining us on this journey. So, Charles, uh, why don't we start with um, lecture number one, which is basically kind of a general introduction to the course. The course is called Blockchain and Money, and it's at MIT with Gary Gensler, if you want to look it up. Uh, but you can just check out the link below. Okay, so anyway, Charles, let me know. Talk to me. What's up, everybody? Um, so I was watching the money ledgers in Bitcoin, and what I got out of it was, you know, lecture about money ledgers of Bitcoin and going into the deep uh, um, details within everything involving currencies, social constructs, ledgers, um, balances, transaction letters versus balance letters, ledgers. It was a lot of information. Um, it was great. Uh, so uh, yeah, what I when I what I recall I <laughs> what I recall is it go it starts off with talking about the different stages of the internet and uh, they talked about um, different levels of uh, you know how the internet was used and specifically I remember them talking about how Pizza Hut was the first ever uh, company or people to ever make the first sale online. But the problem was that they couldn't pay because we had no way to move money across the internet. It's not like you could just like put in your credit card information that there was no technology for that. You know, that's how I remember the whole thing kind of starting. Um, and then they kind of went into crypto cryptography. And uh, what do you, what did you learn about cryptography? Like what is cryptography? Um, what is that? That's a good question. <laughs> Tell, tell me what's cryptography. Uh, well, cryptography is what I have is communication in the face of adversaries. It's he said, 
And it says, basically, what I understand is it's how do you keep a secret when others could read it? So like, if I want to send you a message and I don't want anyone else to read it, well, how do I do that? Like, unless I hand deliver it to you, but if I have to give it to a courier or if I have to send it over the internet or, or whatever, like if it could be intercepted by an adversary, someone who I don't want to read it, then I have to, I have to conceal it somehow. And I use some form of cryptography. It's a way of, you know, back in the day, it used to be like a cipher. You would have, you know, all the, you'd have like use a book and you'd use like page number, line number, uh, word number and or word number and letter number. So it'd be like a bunch of numbers, but it would coincide to a key. And then that that's basically cryptography. And, but current cryptography is something that I don't really understand enough, but I understand that it keeps my email safe between me sending it and it getting to the, the other end. Um, and then I got into, uh, what is blockchain? You kind of talked a little bit about that. Did you, uh, remember, you remember you got any notes on that? Yeah. Blockchain to me, the best way I can explain it how i'm able to visualize it is they're just basically um i look at it as like a train with a bunch of blocks um what what are those cars Uh, the cars on each you know in in section and basically what it has is on each block it has to and from and then it has this long crypt crypt cryptography like you said which is a hash they call it a hash and it basically is saying to and from, and then that whole blockchain is to and from, to and from, because it's the whole idea behind uh, the double, We they talked about the double spending, the issue with double spending. So that kind of goes in with, with blockchain uh, and what it is in regards to the, the um, understanding the concept and, and the problem with something versus what we have right now is a third party versus... Um, having some blockchain where it's kind of permanent to where it's so long, it can't be hacked. The strain is so long, it just can't be hacked. So it has a basically signatures of everybody who use specifically like say that coin or that percentage of the coin when it comes to um, thing, but you can I, do that. You can apply that to anything. It's not just, it's not just crypto. It's, it's applications too, which is they're learning. Cause it's, it's more um, the w- the way they can build it. It's, it's more true. Awesome. Uh, what do you call it? cryptography is encrypted so so uh, i like your example of a train with a bunch of different cars and each car consists of data and that data at least in the case of bitcoin is just transactions but ethereum we know can handle more data than just transactions uh but essentially it's for 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 ease of understanding instead of getting like let's kind of like keep it simple let's just talk specifically about transactions so in each car of the train is a set of transactions and you're saying that's to and from and it's telling you where the money is going and then at and then once the train is full it it, it there it like it has a physical like capacity and then so it, it kind of like gets full and once it gets full it gets connected to another train like the little thing that connects and those that connection is connected through cryptography and that is the kind of connecting thing that binds it together is that which is yeah and and what it's how it's signature too is by the c at the time with cpu power as um as, a, as the original blockchain would 
um, uh, Nakamoto. It, it's the it's um, ah, I was I was I told it's okay. I think you're getting a. I don't think he talked about that. I think you're kind of more advanced than uh, in the class. Um, no, it, it was related, but I wasn't getting too far into that. But it's the whole. Um, ah, I forgot. I'm sorry. That's all good. It, it's all good. Let's just keep moving forward. Um, so what else did you, what else you got in your notes? Tell me what's next on your notes that you got from the class. Just the history of like ledgers. Um, ledgers, basically a, a uh, record uh, record of financially, uh, usually economic, um, economic activity relationships. So that goes back uh, centuries uh apparently i think it's centuries right uh, they don't think it's more than five thousand. they don't know for sure uh the uh, when currency started around that time but um that's how it kind of started was basically as a ledger is a transaction of of it doesn't necessarily have to be again money it can be just things that maybe were traded or maybe you know things that people did so it was a type of trend way to record and essentially, it got moved over to the whole find more so financials, uh, financial relationships between two, and that started with building the credit. Also, like that's how kind of credit got into um, that. That's the kind of idea behind credit as of now too, right? If you want to take out a loan, you have to write it down. Say you owe someone this, and you're going to pay them that. So, um, so yeah, I just. Uh, Basically, the recordings usually typically of accounts and ledger tenders, which. Uh... OK, so un I uh, led understanding ledgers is definitely important, and uh, I think you nailed it kind of like in your first sentence where it's just a, a record of economic and financial activity. And uh, I think that if people don't understand that, uh, they're not going to understand blockchain at all. Like it doesn't matter all the other technical stuff if you don't understand what a ledger is. So. That's good. What about the role of money or the history of money? Um, you know, I have I have like a ton of notes here on, you know, the role of money is, you know, what is money? I mean, do you have any anything on that? Um, the role of money is more it started with a social construct as a social construct. And then the fiat currency is pretty much the one we have as central currency by the government and also international around the world so with... i have i have role of money is a medium of exchange uh a store of value and a unit of account so understanding like what money is as is you you need to be able like if i work if i go out and mow your grass that's worth something that has value to you and we negotiate a price and uh, but what do I get in return? Like right now, yeah, we get dollars, but like, let's just not talk about the actual physical thing. Let's talk about more value at, and, you know, and money, money can be anything. And uh, so whatever it is, it needs to be a medium of exchange. It needs to be a store of value and it needs to have a unit of account. Like what is does that make any sense to you? That's what I got my notes. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole value, and but and then and there's good money, so which is durable, portable, divisible, uniform, and fungible. Uh, it's it's um, adoptable and stable, 
uh, and then they talk. That's that's pretty much what I got from. Okay, from and money then specifically, um, and then I got right here. I got a. Uh, he talked a little bit about like what is the role of finance? Is that moving, allocating, and pricing money and risk throughout the economy? Problems with finance or crises and centralization. Problems with blockchain are it's too slow, it lacks scalability, and uh, there is no privacy because there's a public ledger. Um, the security is a concern from a public perspective, like a public policy, like the government's perspective. Interoperability, governance, and public, and then public policy again. And that's I think that's like when he was just kind of doing like a basic overview of the whole class. But then once he gets into the second one, the class was called Money, Ledgers, and Bitcoin. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about more. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, thought, I guess, yeah, I thought the part a part of the history of money was really interesting where he said, like, back in the day, it was like salt bars in Ethiopia, cowrie cow yeah. shells in West Africa. Shells, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, he was saying, like, why did salt bars, why did a bar of salt uh, why did that have value? And he talked about scarcity and cowrie shells. He talked about in West Africa, like in like just around this time of the when the beginning of the slave trade, uh, some Europeans came along and realized that these West Africans were using shells for money. So they just went around and got a bunch of shells and they completely debased the land. They bought up all their or debased their currency and they, they were able to buy up their land for basically nothing. I mean, that's kind of crazy fucked up, but also like it kind of makes sense. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you if you're an outsider come in and say, like, take advantage of the opportunity? I mean, that's like that's like the um, that's like the uh, the pilgrims or the people who came over to America and they gave the uh, the Native Americans uh, costume jewelry, stuff that was shiny and sparkly, and they thought it was worth something because it looked like it was worth something, but it was just costume jewelry. There weren't emeralds and diamonds and stuff. And they were able to exchange that for fur that they turned around and sold and were able to generate tons of wealth from. And also the, uh, also how they, I think they called it debased. Is it, is that the yeah. right word? Yeah. The, econ the economy by flooding it with inventory, basically. They goes back to stones, these circular stones that they basically had ownership and they would, how they would do their currency was basically divide up the like i own one sixth you own one tenth um and then over time uh uh what do you call it conquistador or, you know uh ship you know european would come over and then uh they basically would flood the market same thing with the like you talked about the trade Those, with, yeah uh, F, yeah the African, well, the slavery. Yeah. yeah, and then so after that, like at some point, people started minting money into coins, and they would stamp them with uh, symbols. And it there's a according to the class that he's the Gensler Professor Gensler said that China and Greece uh, are the first ones, and there apparently is a debate who was first. I don't really care who was first, but the point is, like it was. You know, it started way, 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 way back where they would just pour the metal and then and then press it with a stamp and it had a symbol on it. So that way um, they would know like what the value is and where it was redeemable. And then Rome had the coins. You know, we've all seen uh, pictures of the coins with like the Caesar's picture on them.
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went to paper money. And uh, I thought that was interesting. Like the whole concept of paper money, like how, how did paper money really start? He said, right, cause it's durability, right? We started out with his durability. It was, uh, that was what I was saying about good money. So durable, it has to be like you mentioned salt bricks. What was the problem with salt bricks? Uh, well, uh, if they got wet, then they would, could be destroyed or washed away, right? Moisture. And so you have to have something durable. And they, he broke it down to next was the, uh, I guess, portable. Yeah, so portable. Portable was the next thing. So uh, you having a big brick of gold or copper or silver or whatever, well, you know, it's kind of hard to lug around and then you got to melt it to divide it up. And then so you have something divisible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I, I'm glad you said that because because like a lot of people like to say that gold is good money. But like, is gold really good money? Like, imagine buying a house with gold. Like, how would you even do that? Like, you'd have to like you'd have to get like a armored truck and armored guards to like go pick up the gold from a vault. Oh, and you need to pay someone to store the money in a vault. And then you need to pay to have it move because you can't carry that much gold to go buy your house. It's ridiculous. It, it's not that easy to use. It can be broken down into tiny little pieces, I guess, you know, I mean, it, it was used for a pretty long time, you know, for gold is, you know, so um, uniform and then you got uniform fungible. So you got to make sure that, you know, it's, like uh what was it called i forget the last but the he talked about the case about the um for for he had these two big uh, like 20 pound currencies or something some huge currency where he 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 uh signed it because back in the day you could sign it so he had like two pounds of it or something that he assigned and he mailed it he lost it so he sued the government and then the outcome was it's it's not it's uh uniform fungible so fungible where you know you can't it's technically like uh own it right like you can't get it back basically i'm sorry can't get it back right and then um and then the really great part that i love is the part where he talks about where paper money really came from was people were leaving their um were leaving their gold with goldsmiths and the goldsmiths would give them a receipt and that receipt was used in the markets and people, you know, oh, I don't have enough gold coins on me, uh, but I have these receipts. And if you take this to the goldsmith down the street, you can pull the gold out. And then people stopped going to the goldsmith uh, or stopped, yeah, stopped redeeming them. And then they just traded these receipts. And that was kind of like the beginning of paper money. <clears throat> that's kind of what I have. And then I got it. And then it goes into ledgers after that. That's do you have anything else on uh, history of money and just the fails of digital currency? Um, the 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 fails have basically been is the digital cons- cur- uh, concern currency fails or is because of merchant adoption, centralization, uh, double spending, and the consensus. So, yeah, and I, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So why don't we why don't you tell us why don't we talk about that for a minute and then uh and then that's it. Well, the merchant adoption is everyone has to adopt it, right? Yeah, plain and simple. And then centralization. And we'll speak on centralization. Thank you. Be a 
So I think it's interesting that all those failures that you just named, uh, uh, merchant adoption, cent centralization, centralization, double spending and consensus. It's crazy because all of those things and all of the stuff that I've like learned about in, with crypto, all of those things are all we always ever hear. Like the two things we hear more than anything is merchant adoption and centralization. Adoption, like where can you use crypto and Bitcoin? Well, they're saying that digital currencies didn't work before because merchants didn't adopt it. Well, Shopify allows you to use 300 currencies across all the different platforms. So if you open up an online store with Shopify, you can enable function to accept crypto. You know, and uh, also like, um, uh, what's the one? Not Square. Swipe. No, what's Swipe? There's, Swift? No, no, no. It's like one of those payment processing companies. Oh. Uh, anyway, like there are plenty of merchant adoptions. Like that is something that is constantly coming online where people are talking about accepting crypto. And now even governments are talking about accepting crypto. I mean, the obvious being El Salvador, but... Um, you know, Switzerland, a city in Switzerland is going to start taking Bitcoin and uh, and Mexico is talking about doing it. California wants to uh, add add Bitcoin to, as legal tender and Arizona. Denver is going to accept Bitcoin for payment of taxes. So that's adoption. So we can cross that one off. <laughs> uh, centralization. Uh, centralization is interesting because from what I understand, if, it, if a blockchain is centralized, it is not immutable. A blockchain can be changed if you control all the computers on the network because you can go back and you can change uh, the transactional data. And, but like when, but if it's decentralized and it's spread across multiple computers, no one person can go back and change the blockchain because it'll have a consensus. And that's the other one, consensus. The consensus protocol is every time a transaction occurs, it has to check the network and the network has to say, yes, this is valid. Like this blockchain is valid. So you can go ahead and process this transaction. And uh, if someone's trying to uh, do a fraudulent transaction, then the consensus protocol will say, no, this is not valid. I just checked, you know, 30% or 50% of all the uh, nodes on the network and they, and they didn't agree that, that this transaction's valid. So you're a bad actor. It doesn't happen. And that is also, to me, that's that with double spending, that's all kind of the same thing. Because like if you have a decentralized network where a consensus protocol, meaning the, the, that a certain percentage of the, of the computers have to agree that the transaction is valid, then you can't have double spending. So to me, all those three things kind of are one, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. And then well, there's um, double. So do you got anything else to add before we sign off? I think that's it. I just that one story about uh, Kenya and Suffer, Safricon when the Africans, they traded the minute, mobile minutes for as a currency. So yeah. um, there's different forms of, you know, currency. And it's like you said, the uh, adoption is a huge thing. So if you have a country that's adopting something like minutes, um, that's pretty seriously trading basically physical goods uh maybe even food or you know assets or whatnot through minutes that's pretty crazy yeah so. i agree it's uh it's really interesting because if people don't trust the the currency of the nation they'll find something else to transact in 
Right. And the idea was it's secure with the minutes and it makes more sense that, you know, you're, you know, that you're not going to get cheated out. It's not someone else, someone's backing. It's actual big company that's just doing it in the background, but has no idea that you're paying for the, the phone, not the minutes or whatever, you know, it's just this interesting concept that if minutes can be set up as currency, then why not crypto? Well, that's a great place to kind of segue into the homework is to not only watch lecture number three, but before watching lecture number three, we need to uh, both read the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper. And uh, I understand and I will I need to reread it. But I also understand that to your point uh, and to basically both of our points, Satoshi Nakamoto figured out a way to create a currency because there was a lack of trust and faith in debasement of currencies across the country. And uh, we didn't really talk about fiat currencies, so we can touch on a little bit on that next time. But uh, we kind of are at our time. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you feel like we didn't talk about something really important or you got something to add or you got some questions, please leave a comment below. Please like and subscribe. And ring the bell if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcasts, please follow us and give us five stars. Charles, you got anything uh, anything to sign off on? Can't wait to see what's next about the next course and, you know, see what we can do and uh, see what the information we can spread for everybody. So looking forward to the next show and can't wait to break it down for everybody. All right. Hot along.